Okay, so, new teaching series. Uh, it is, um, what's the dream? What's the dream? I'm really excited about this. Over the next number of weeks, uh, we're just going to be pushing into what we think God is saying to us as a leadership and to us as a church. What's the dream? And I really felt strongly this morning, just even as we introduced, that the Lord is just really reawakening our hearts, bringing our hearts to life. And uh, without drawing too much attention to me, I've had COVID the last few uh, days. And uh, thank you. No, 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 no. Um, Philip, it's so miserable being on your own. Oh, my goodness. Thankfully, uh, I wasn't really particularly unwell, which is really something to be thankful for. But, but just when you're in that season, in that moment of, of almost like nothingness, it's like the Lord is at work. And I really, really strongly feel this morning and in the next number of weeks as a church community, it's like God's just going to really bring our hearts to life again. And it's just going to resurrect dreams and, and uh, things that God's spoken over our lives uh, before. And I just think this is, this is a new season. The Lord is doing a wonderful thing amongst us. It's like, do you not perceive it? You do. Many of you have had conversations with us. It's like, there's something different. There's a, a new air in the room. It's not, it's, it's, that's the Spirit. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit's up to something with us. And we're really excited. We just want to go along with that. So what's the dream? This morning is an introduction. And uh, you're going to hear from four people from our church uh, this morning about uh, something that's near and dear to their hearts and what their dream is. Uh, Martin McGill, you're up in about two or three minutes, son. So get yourself ready. Uh, no, no, just get yourself ready. And, uh, and you're going to hear from that, what is the dream? And I want to just kick off by... by um, a very well-known verse, which we'll put up on the screen here. Uh, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. A very well-known verse, which Peter, on the day of Pentecost, quotes. And it's a quote from the prophet Joel. Joel is foretelling a future time of when the Holy Spirit will be poured out. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was massively poured out. And in that moment, Peter quotes Joel and says, this is what the prophet foretold. This is what he said. In those days, the Spirit is going to come and it's going to uh, enable us to prophesy, to, to, to speak, to foretell the future of what the God is going to do in our midst. And your young men, they're going to see visions, and your old men are going to dream dreams. And what we want to look at over the next number of weeks are dreams. What are the dreams? The old men um, in years gone by and in our day today are esteemed, and, and, and we, we include uh, men and women when we say that. There's a, there's a, a sense of, um, of just authority amongst the older folks. They've, they've lived longer. They've, they've, you'd like to think they're wiser. Many of them are. Some of them aren't in our midst, but uh, that was a joke. Um, I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to pick on anyone. I'm looking at gray hairs. I'm not going to pick on anyone this morning. Um, but th there's something in foretelling of what, what could be. And so very, very, very briefly, what's the difference between vision and dream? A dream is way broader. 
it paints a much bigger picture. And it's from dreams that vision comes. And the role of uh, older folks or the role of leadership is to cast a much bigger picture of what the dream could look like so that visions will follow, that people will begin to say, yes, that's what God's spoken to me about. So very briefly, an example. A dream could be a dream for our town, our community, is that families flourish, that family life is at the center of our neighborhoods and our communities. And we want to see just families just flourish. That's a dream. And vision follows. So what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, we want to do things that's really going to help marriages. We're going to run the marriage course. We're going to uh, do pre-marriage preparation for those who are going to say, I do, because we want to set them up to win. We want them to do really well and flourish. We want to help those who uh, find themselves in situations where, you know, they're, they're no longer with each other, maybe, in a marriage situation. We want to support uh, single parent families and blended families. And we want to give guidance and help for marriages and family life which are struggling. We want to partner with uh, safe families and, uh, and with Home for Good and all these other different people. Why? Because the bigger picture, the broad picture, the dream is we want to see families th- um, thrive and flourish and to form the bedrock of our society. And so that's slightly the difference between the two. We're going to delve into that in much more over the coming weeks. And uh, Marty, you're up. Come on up, son. And then closely followed uh, by two other. Go for it, mate. Uh, well, yep, it's working. Um, just thanks again, Paul, for volunteering me. Uh, for this, uh, sent me a nice wee email saying, could you talk about your dreams and visions? Oh, and by the way, you've only four minutes, which makes it harder. I then had a warning from Jenny to try and not be too radical and not to insult too many people. <laughs> Will you hear? Okay, my dream, a bit of history, uh, was sent to Tesco's to get stuff for Isaac. And walking around Tesco's, I started to think, has a zombie apocalypse came? There's so many people we're just walking around, staring, slowly, no purpose, no meaning. And as I walked around Carrick Moor, the kids were standing there. There were people just doing nothing. They just didn't seem to have a purpose. And that kind of led to more dreams, or the dream. And my dream is to try and help people find their purpose. Um, how we do it, many different ways. Uh, as lots of you know, when I'm not here, or not in work, I'm actually a sensei over in Savage Martial Arts. So I'm dealing with kids three nights a week, sometimes more. And one of our purposes is, one of our, one of our purposes, yeah, is to give kids purpose. Um, a lot of what we do, when the kids come in to us as little junior belts, we, yeah, we teach them how to fight, we teach them how to kick, to punch. But what we're teaching is only 10% the technique, 90% is the mental side of things. We try to find the kids to give them purpose, to give them something to focus on. Now, at the start, it can be your next belt. It can be an achievement. It's what you want to do. But we try to break it down, and what we find is if you give somebody a reason to do things, they do it so much better. So by giving kids purpose, giving them a goal, 
Now, I know there's a lot of arguments about should we set goals for predestination, etc. But you know, when Paul decided that he wanted to open the vineyard and wanted a church plant, you have to set goals, you have to work to it. There's ways of doing things. So when these kids set goals, they started to stand upright instead of slouching about. And that confidence talking to the parents meant the kids that were getting bullied weren't getting bullied anymore. They weren't being swayed by others' opinions. What they thought they went with, they didn't give up. We pushed them harder. When they got tired, they kept going. When things went wrong, they kept going. Now, one of my pet hates, hence the apology, is modern society teaches a lot of our kids, especially in sports days, everyone's a winner. Well, folks, life's not like that. You don't always win. You don't get the boyfriend, the girlfriend you want. You don't get the job you want. All through life, you fail. It sucks, but it can be learned for. One of the things we push is, if you look at the letters of fail, F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. If you learn from what's hard, it doesn't become hard anymore. And what we're trying to do is, with these kids, the vision is to give them purpose. How we do it is by standing alongside them, teaching them. A lot, not like a lot of the other schools, I'm not Sensei Miguel, I'm Sensei Marty. We're down on the level with the kids, we journey with our kids, and quite often, on the parents' request, it's who things are going through at home. Um, in our broken society, if you want to call it that, a lot of the times, myself and the others, are the only male role model some of the kids have. And again, to quote Paul, you don't have to be a dad to be a father. So for a lot of these kids, my dream turning into a vision is actually really, really practical. And it's one of those things that I look at these kids and I see them now with their self-resilience, their self-confidence, they don't want to give up, they want to make this place a better, the whole country a better place. And I'm dreaming long term that in 10 or 15 years, these kids are the ones that are going to be in government, politicians, employers, teachers, people that their kids can look up to. And a lot of it does tie in with the church as well. You know, what the vineyard's doing is reaching out there, trying to journey with people. And I'll just finish off with, to me, what is a privilege, very humbling and downright scary, is I get to be the male influence to a lot of these kids. And I'm also the Christian influence for a lot of these kids because they haven't heard, they don't know. <clears throat> we have Muslim kids, we have kids from all different backgrounds go. And it's scary because I'm the example of what I'm trying to teach them to be. Um, so listen, thank you. I, I, I believe it's Cecilia next. So my family are already laughing at me because they're saying if young men dream visions and old men, or if young men have visions and old men have dreams, what do middle-aged women have? Um, and, and I think it's maybe a mixture of both. I think, um, and just as Paul said that this morning, I thought, actually, at the time of life I'm at, I have both visions and dreams. And I think that's one of the challenges for us in middle age is actually how do we balance both the, 
the, the drive, but also the kind of wisdom and the, the stuff that we've gained from long term. So Paul asked me to talk a little bit just about what I do in work. Um, I work for Bernardo's. Um, my job title is one of the scariest job titles I've ever held. Um, I'm called an Assistant Director of Children's Services, which is a bit posh. Um, today it means I'm on call for all of Bernardo's in Northern Ireland, um, and my boss is um, the Director of Bernardo's in Northern Ireland. It means I have to manage a whole range of services, um, but what is a real privilege is that I get to have big dreams for big, big areas, um, and my area is, is technically Belfast, but I have a number of services that are right across Northern Ireland. And when I took the job, I had no idea that I would get to actually see how, if you like, God-given dreams could be part of my everyday life. Um, I've always trusted that God put me in places and at times, but I didn't understand quite what this one was gonna be. And probably about five, five six years ago, God gave me a dream which was around Northern Ireland looking like a more diverse place. And it comes from that picture at the very end. So we talk in the vineyard about the kingdom coming and the kingdom that comes. And, and it, right at the end of the Bible in Revelation, it says that when the kingdom comes, there will be people from every people group, nation, um, tongue will be in heaven. And I have this picture of just a very diverse bunch of people. We look very, very different from each other, but yet we're all created in the image of God. And, um, and I had lived away from Northern Ireland and I've worked outside of Northern Ireland for a number of years and Northern Ireland still doesn't look that diverse. Um, we're getting more diverse. And what I get to do in my job is now welcome children and young people um, as part of my job to Northern Ireland who are new to Northern Ireland. Um, and so two of the services I'm responsible for work with refugee children and young people and their families. Um, this year alone, we have had more unaccompanied, so this is children who are separated from a parent or a carer. We've had more unaccompanied children and young people arrive in Northern Ireland than any other time in history. Um, in this last quarter, we had the number of children we expected to arrive in a year arrived between January and March. And those children need care, they need protection, and they need looking after. And so I suppose it's that bit about actually in what I do in day-to-day -day life, those young people are gonna change our culture, they're gonna change our nation. We, we want them to be changing it for the better. We want them to bring what they have learned and, what and all of that they have with them, but we also need to protect them and care for them and nurture them. They're some of the most vulnerable children, not just in Northern Ireland, but in the world. These are children who've left war-torn Africa and have made the journey across the, all of Europe um, and have ended up here. Now, I think that's incredible. One, <laughs> one how do you end up in Northern Ireland? And then, but I just believe God has plans and purposes and God is bringing these young people to us. And so my big dream is around how do we reach them? How do we care for them? And how do you partner with organizations like ours who are doing the work on the ground? Um, the big, big, big dream, and we have, we have vision and value statements in, in the organization, and one of them is that we believe in the unique worth of every child. And that's, that is absolutely reflected, if you like, in the Bible. It's reflected in the Father heart of God, that he sees us and he values each one of us as individuals. Um, and so I get to do that, that with all different types of children, no matter their ability, no matter how difficult they're presenting. But I also, at the minute, I'm just loving the fact that we get to do that for really vulnerable children and young people. 
Some of them now live in Carrickfergus. My big dream for Carrickfergus is that Carrickfergus becomes a place that is really diverse. And, and, um, and I'm working, you know, I'm working away behind the scenes, talking with government and talking with officials and people who can make a difference about how can we do more of that. Um, but I need you all to be the people who will step up and say, yes, I could provide a home. I could be a befriender. I could um, set up something. What does that look like? And what does that look like for us as a church? And I'm excited about that. So I'm passing on to Sharon. Sometimes God gives you a dream that you never expected. And sometimes God gives you a dream that is at a very unlikely time. Um, so very, very quickly, in 2012, I was in a very difficult place in my life. I was pretty useless to most people, including my family. That's another story. But I cried out to God and I said, God, I want to be useful. Give me something to do. I need something to do. And um, be careful what you ask God for. Because the next day, I woke up that morning and I had a very clear dream or vision, whatever way you want to put it. I thought, God, I just woke up that morning and I sat at the t breakfast table. And I said, I have to start a choir. It's going to be called a live community choir. I knew exactly the slogan. It was love life, sing loud, change lives. And it was to be a place where anybody was welcome, whether they were breathing. They didn't have to sing. They didn't have to be able to sing. You were, it was all about creating a place where everybody's contribution mattered. And that didn't matter who you were, where you were from, etc. So anyway, I'll not bore you with the whole story, but I went on this big story where God opened doors and allowed me to do things I never, ever would have expected. And actually, I felt incredibly inadequate to do. Felt very underqualified. But God was good. And I had lots of people come and we sang silly songs and we raised lots of money for lots of different charities. And I was really busy being busy. And then COVID came along. And I'm just going to be honest with you, I lost my dream. It was really tough. People in the choir actually passed away. Others lost members of the choir. Others lost members of their family. And I just thought, I can't do this anymore. I had decided... I was hanging up my hat. And actually, some very good people that love me very much even gave me that counsel. And, and then I went with Chantelle and some of the others to the encounter weekend up in the causeway. And I thought, oh, this is, it was called In the Whisper. I'm thinking, oh, this will suit me. God's going to whisper something really lovely to me, and I'm going to feel really cozy about it. I thought, I'm done. I'm just going to finish well and make sure that everybody's okay. But that didn't happen. And I really had an encounter with God. In fact, there was a choir there that weekend. And I honestly believe God brought a choir to stand in front of me and sing, do not give up. Because I was done. I was not going to do it anymore. So anyway, this is the, this is the new dream. 
God, you know the story where Peter um, has been fishing all night? And then God says to him, go out deeper. You thought you were giving up, but I am telling you to go out even deeper and put your net out and watch and see what I will do. So that's what I came away with, thinking, oh God, I don't know whether I can go out deeper. I don't know whether I can do this. But that was the dream that God birthed in my heart. And over the next few months, God spoke to me very clearly. And actually, we've sung about it this morning. We've sung about the goodness of God several times. And God spoke to me over these last months about the fact that we, if you are someone that knows Jesus, you are a chosen person. You are a royal priest. You are a people that, you're a person that belongs to God. And actually, it says, you can show the goodness of God um, to the people in darkness because you have been rescued into his marvelous light. So God spoke to me and he said, you can show the goodness of God. And to be honest with you, that is my dream. I don't really have any other agenda. My agenda is as I seek to lead the choir, and actually we are out deeper because we're singing gospel, and half of them aren't too sure about that. But I have got to explain to them what salvation is. I explained what it meant that God was omnipotent. Who knows what God might do? But my heart, my dream, is that anyone that comes to a live community choir will know that there is a God that is good. So my dream is, this is maybe very selfish, but my dream is that my boat will be full of fish. I don't want an empty boat. I want there to be lots of people who have encountered God because somehow he did something through me. So don't be disheartened today if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I don't know whether I have a dream. Oh, my dream's dead. God is the God who makes dreams come to life. Not only does he make them come to life, but he shows you exactly what he wants you to do to make that happen. And he sends you the right people. So be encouraged. Okay, thank you. As someone else. My name is Dave Crosby, uh, along with my lovely wife Kate. We've been living in the Carrick Fergus area for four years and been part of this lovely family of Carrick Fergus Vineyard. Um, over the last four years, an opportunity to see just some of the change that's happening in Carrick Fergus and indeed getting really excited about some of the other changes that are coming. Uh, there's thousands of, of new homes being planned and built in the area. Uh, there's millions of pounds being uh, offered through city deals. And there's just a lot of change happening um, in what's uh, available in the Carrie Fergus area. So it's really exciting to be part of that. Um, so um, I'm going to go inside now because it's cold and windy out here. And I'll get to talk to you a bit more. But uh, just on uh, the in-between, I'm just going to show you some pictures of of my walking around Carrick uh, and some of the exciting things that's happening. You might be hearing some uh, building work in the background, which is great. And uh, you might be seeing uh, some of the buildings that are changing. And I'll talk to you a bit about that in a minute. Bye now.
heard some building work there. Um, you might have seen some empty shops. And um, it all sort of is what's the potential for Carrick Fergus in, in the midst of all this. Um, and what are we as a there, there's There's so much change happening and we can partner in that enterprise. We can partner in that change. And um, there's, there's a lot of change happening to the timescape. Uh, you might have seen some hoarding up there in some of the pictures uh, from the Town Heritage Initiative, uh, redoing the fronts of buildings and, and reinstating some of the heritage to the town, which all adds to um, Carrick Fergus as, as a really attractive uh, tourist destination as well as a, a social hub. Um, as, uh, to protect the poor uh, and ensure um, that, that the poor are given opportunities alongside business growth and in some ways just to, to be um, leaders to, to lead uh, what God wants to do in the community and that might be entrepreneurship that might be um, starting a business up uh, that might be social uh, development um, and, and a number of things just that brings light to the city um, as an individual, I, I suppose I come with uh, a background of business startup in um, the was the Downpatrick and Newcastle areas uh, and was involved in supporting quite a few businesses starting up in that area in hospitality, construction, craft um, and, and a few other areas as well. Um, I have ran a few sort of micro businesses in the background and I'm on the board at the minute for the Town Heritage Initiative here in, in Carrick Fergus uh, as well as in the past being on several boards to do with um, tourist initiatives. The Lord's just given me some experience online um, that have some of these skills and have some of these desires and indeed some of these dreams as well um, of, of what could be done. Uh, so I suppose I, I would be asking, you know, uh, how are you positioning yourself uh, for this change? Um, how are you catching the dream for what um, you can be involved in, for what you can bring to Carrick Fergus and what you can play as part of the um, the Carrick Fergus Vineyard impact in um, the, the town and uh, bringing a light and a life to the, the town itself. And the spin-off of that is jobs, social economy, um, light and, and future and new vision and um, we can partner in that. So I suppose just what, what I want to say is we are, we're all coming with skills. Uh, there's change happening in Carrick Fergus uh, in the business and uh, community um, and uh, we can dream. We can dream about uh, what God wants to see happen in, in our locality and, and we can support some of the other people want to start up business and enterprise and we indeed can be just the change ourselves and bring in that enterprise and bring in ideas to the community. Thanks now. If the worship band could come up, that would be great. There's lots of messages in that, lots to listen to and hear. Uh, but we just want to ask the question, what is the dream? What is it that the Lord has for us? Just one moment. Um, as, as people, would you just lie down on the ground? Yeah, yeah, this is going to be really weird, right? If you're a guest here this morning, we don't normally do this sort of stuff right um but as we 
throughout the whole of this morning, I just think, like, God is just, it's just raising hearts to life. And I just feel like what I'm about to do is like a picture of what many of us have been feeling. And it's simply this. It's that we've been pushed down and held down. For whatever reason, there's a number of reasons, and you'll know yourself. It's like you've just been kicked down and pushed down and held down. I wish it was Sergi here this morning. Because I would put more weight on it, maybe even kick him. But he's online, is he? And I just think, I just think we need just to invite God to say yes and move and get up and worship me. And worship me. Choose today, choose this morning, choose to step into the new thing that God is inviting us into.